This is Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. Last year, while watching my favourite football team, Bristol City, take on the mighty Manchester City in the FA Cup, I noticed the name of Mashatu Game Reserve on their shirts. Following a quick call from my home in Nelson Mandela Bay, I discovered that both the club and the reserve, which is located in southern Botswana, were owned by the same man. I have always admired Steve Lansdowne for what he has achieved from humble beginnings. Not only is he an incredibly successful businessman, but he has always strived to give back to the communities in which he works. It was a pleasure, therefore, to host Steve and his wife Maggie recently in Cape Town and to discover his obvious passion for our continent and its wildlife. Another thing we have in common, it seems. Listen here as he offers a fascinating insight into his hopes for the future. Enjoy. Well, first of all, Steve, what a joy to welcome you here to South Africa. Um, it's nice to have you back. I believe it's the first time you've been here since the 2010 World Cup. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah we came across for the uh, World Cup, a uh, couple of trips to Cape Town during the, uh, the tournament. Uh, nice to be back. It's good to see the place again. How have you found it so far? Have things changed for you? Um, a lot of familiar sights, but uh, it's, it's completely different in a, in a way because I think there's probably more people here. Um, it's certainly be as beautiful as ever, um, and but you don't remember all the detail, and that's when when you see the size of the, the mountains behind Table Mountain and so on. It's just it's spectacular, and um, we've been to Kirsten Bosch Gardens the, recently, and uh, just to revisit those and see the, the glorious flowers and the poteus there. It's just unbelievable. So it's good to be back. Well, you know I'm based in Port Elizabeth in the Eastern Cape, but uh, everybody's got must concede in South Africa that Cape Town is the jewel of the country. I mean, there's no city like it, that's for sure. But as you know, and we're going to ch chat about that, your knowledge of Southern Africa is quite extensive. So there are some magnificent places here, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, our, our, you know, we specialise, if you like, that's why to do it in, in Botswana and Mozambique, uh, the two main countries that we go to. Uh, we love both those countries, and, and they're both different. Um, we see basically the bush in Botswana and, and the wildlife there, and we see the beach in Mozambique and the, and the, and the marine life that uh, exists off, offshore in, in Mozambique. So we get the best of both worlds in our view, um, but we know we you know we have been to Rwanda, we have been to Namibia and other places, and uh, find equally interesting and fascinating places there as well. Well, our connection, of course, is um, is our is our football club. Uh, we're both from the West Country of England. Uh, my accent's never going to, to, to leave me, that's for sure. And so it's wonderful to be able to welcome you down to South Africa as an ambassador of this, of this beautiful country. I just want to go back to sport, if I may, because that's a shared passion. I mean, you were here, obviously, in 2010, which was a special time in South Africa's history. But for a man who's involved in professional sports teams, what do you think makes sports so important in places like Bristol, but also in nations like South Africa? Well, I think you see it every time you have a tournament, um, and probably going back to Bristol City, every time you see you get a home game, yeah. the, the the people just you know they come together. That's I mean Nelson Mandela said it. You know, sport brings people together, and he was absolutely right. Uh, and then and then there's no class or creed or colour or any. Everybody's there for the same reason to watch their team, to hope their team performs well, to see their team win, and to and to and to, and to share in the celebrations. So. Uh, sport does that for you, and we're seeing it with the Rugby World Cup now as well. That uh, you know the, the passion that's involved that just comes out of sport. Um, so I, I, you know, people ask me why I do it, and I think 
Well, there was a good, it's a good question. <laughs> I'm sure you've asked yourself many times. But the reality is that it, it, you're doing it because you can, and the second reason is that it, it does, you know, it, it means so much to so many people. And I tell the story. This is a very old story, and I'm, I'm sure that some of the people have heard it before when I've when I've done other interviews. But when I first took over as chairman of Bristol City, uh, Maggie and myself, my, Maggie's my wife, um, we, we went to an open day at the club, and we got out of the car. Um, shut up, locked the car, and next to us was a young girl getting out of a car with a newborn baby. And the first thing that she did was basically thrust that baby into my arms and asked to take a photograph. And I thought, you know, in, in a way, it's, it's, it was a strange experience. But you think about it afterwards, it meant so much to her that myself, as Brist Bristol City Chairman, was having a photograph taken with her baby. It meant so much to her. You know, Ashton Gate, the home of Bristol City Football Club, is the centre of the community in South Bristol, and people go there. I don't want to compare it to a church, but it's, it's a similar sort of emotion. People want to be there. They they meet their friends there. They they they, they go there on a regular basis. It's part of their life. Very much so part of the life. It has been part of my life ever since my dad first took me to that church, as you referred yeah. to it. As you know, we had uh, we were in the first division in those days, and I learned a, a vital lesson about life. But because by the time I started to go to the games the, myself, we'd fallen down the pyramid, and we were not so successful, shall we say? But you don't you think your team, whether it whatever whatever it is, whatever sport you're involved, of course, with Bristol Bears rugby and the Bristol Flyers basketball team, your team is your team it's through loyalty it shows it's a connection there's an identity mm. aspect with it and uh, I couldn't imagine supporting a team from another part of the country because I'm a West Countryman and that's our team mm. it's, that's that's what you're talking about isn't well, it? well you're part of that community aren't you yeah and I think that's that's the key to it and I think that's where football and sport generally goes wrong is when they try to if you like franchise it and take it somewhere else you know Manchester United and Manchester City for all their superstars is a Manchester based It's Manchester that takes the pride in it um, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, I say, you know, it, it's it, the focus is Bristol. It's all to do with Bristol, and it's those people that do it. So, and when you take that into 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 the into the national sports, I think that's you know, you you, you talk about South Africa. You can see it here in South Africa. They, they don't really have the teams in the same way as we have back in in the UK, but they have their national side. And when the national side are playing. All the country comes together. They get right behind it. They celebrate together. We saw after they won the, the Rugby World Cup last time. You know the streets are full of whatever. You know it doesn't matter what tribal side you're, you're involved with, whether you're white or whether you're black. You're celebrating together, and that's just brilliant. And that, you know it, it gives hope to the countries like South Africa and everything else for, for for their future. It's one of the reasons, of course, the politicians get involved in sport. You mentioned Mandela. Mm. He was an absolute genius. Back in '95, mm. he recognised the power of rugby, the Springbok symbol, mm. put on that jersey, handed the trophy to Francois Pinar, mm. and arguably it united a nation and and perhaps kept it from conflict. Yeah, and to be fair to it, it it's happened again and again at different times. Um, with cricket and with football to a degree, and, and but, but mainly with rugby, it, it, it does bring the bring the country together. It's not going to solve the problems, but it it, it creates that um, underlying what I call it feeling, passion, whatever for, to, uh, people wanting to be together, to work together, to be South African. Exactly. Well, we connected because of our shared interest, not just in, in our football club, but of course conservation. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about your special interest in your reserve in Botswana, the Mashatu Reserve? 
Yeah, well, we, um, we, we people ask how we got involved, and it was it was really by accident in a way. I saw an advert in the Financial Times back in 2007 for Sharon Safari Lodge, which was Tooley Safari Lodge, which is on the um, on Northern Tooley Game Reserve. There, uh, bought into that and and and, and loved it. Um, just loved the the, the 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 area, the animals, the 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 feel of the place, but the people. Uh, the people are fantastic in Botswana. They, they, they love them to bits. Um, and you just feel you could do some do so much more. So that's why I started to invest more and more and more. And then you begin to learn about everything that goes on around you, how you, how you must protect the habitat, because as the habitat reduces, the animals reduce, and you know it, it's suddenly we're, you hear it now on a national basis, on a global basis. You know we're we're destroying the heritage of the world, and we are. And what I like to do, and I know yourself and others, you know, we're, we're all focused on maintaining that habitat, maintaining that wildlife for future generations to come so that not just our grandchildren but our great-grandchildren and great-great-great-grandchildren going forward will, will have the enjoyment of seeing these animals but they, they teach us so much as well you know their habits so the, the, the way they because they, they, you know they are wild animals they, they don't have a benefit system to support them or anything of that nature it's just pure nature and then and nature is just so wonderful when you when you actually study it of how you know animals survive plants survive it's such a big subject it's so interconnected it's part of this eco diversity this this system this perfect system that nature's created yeah. man is probably one of the few species that come in and destroys or at least um, alters in an adverse way his his or her environment yeah absolutely right but i also think you know to, to give us some credit you know we have huge intelligence um, and that intelligence has allowed us in, in a way to damage nature um, through our inventions and the use of fossil fuels and all the various other things, but our intelligence should allow us to find ways around that to correct those mistakes and to make the future better for everybody else. I'm interested in some of the wonderful species and wildlife you have up there. We've talked um, off air about the wonderful elephant population, mm. very healthy elephant population that you have. But what other species do you have in abundance up there? You mentioned leopard, which is quite an iconic species. Yeah, we have a very vibrant uh, cat population. Um, yeah, it, I, I can always guarantee that uh, somebody will see a leopard when they come to Mashatu. Um, we've got the, the good lion population and uh, a, a good population of cheetah, although they're not as uh, visible sometimes as, as the leopard and the, and, and, and the lions but no I mean you, we've got a great cat you know population that's why we chat a lot of photography um, our, our photographers come because of, of the elephants and they come because of the, um, uh, the, the cat population as well and our, our trackers are very good they know where they you know where to, how, to, how to find the animals so that they, they get some very good uh, photographic pictures and, and some people have won awards from uh, taking pictures on our on our reserve which is fantastic and i believe if people are interested there's actually a, a series on tv at the moment yes it's called the wild side it's uh, we have resident um, film producers makers on on, on the on the reserve Vim and mag forster and they've recently produced this which is um the, the so delighted for them that it's been adopted by uh, 
terra firma and, and, and therefore uh, sold around the world. Uh, a three-part series. Um, uh, everything's filmed on Machatu, so it's great to see that's going on. And it just gives, it, it shows, we, it allows us from a marketing perspective to be able to show for future guests and existing guests what uh, they can experience when they when they come to Machatu. Well, that leads me on perfectly to my next question, because clearly the Africa bug has bitten you. You understand this continent. You understand its people. It's It's got a soul like no other. I've been coming here since the mid-90s, and it can't get rid of me. I keep coming back. But how do we sell this magic to the rest of the world? How do we get them to understand that this is a special place? Do they have to come here and experience it for themselves? That's the thing, is to get them here. Um, and, uh, and obviously when, 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 they, when they come is to, to make it very special. But we don't have to work very hard for that because Africa itself is very special and uh, it, it works the magic on, on people. There's, there's a saying I read once where it says, plus it's to put people off, <laughs> no, everything in Africa bites, but nothing bites like Africa. Uh, and and uh, you, you know, there's, there's plenty of books written as well about uh, the, the, how Africa or the various countries in Africa have evolved. evolved. But you know, the way, you know, from a personal experience, we came, we fell in love with it, uh, and I've not met anybody that's come here and, and not gone away thinking that was a life-changing experience. I want to go back. I want to do something to help. And the more people we can get here to do that, the better. And all the uh, wildlife documentaries that are made and shown around the world and everything else are a great help to make that happen. But I think what we need to do a little bit more is on the back of that is to convince people you know, this is this is this should be on your bucket list. Make sure it's early on your bucket list because once you come here, you'll want to come back and experience. And Africa is a big continent. We talk about South Africa, we talk about Botswana, Mozambique. Those are just three countries in a massive continent, and there's lots of diversity throughout Africa. And this is one of the biggest farms in the world here. So, from a food production point of view, if we can come in and help, the tourism industry can help. Um, protect the habitat and sort the habitat out and the wildlife and keep that away from the farmers and the farmers can then get on with their jobs. All these sort of things are interlinked as you said earlier. These, they're all interlinked and, and, and Africa's got such potential not just for Africa and the African population itself but for the world. One of the big things I'm involved in is um, community work with the, with the different reserves. It's so important to get local communities buying into mm. what's happening here so that they also benefit from it but they understand. I'm aware, going back to your work in Bristol, that, that even running a professional sports franchise or club or teams, you're very much involved in the community there. It's just as important here. As, and what do you do here to, to give back to the community? I mean, that, that is vital because it's the people that make this work. Yeah, I mean, all tourism operations and, and for that matter, conservation programs employ people. So for the first thing you do is you provide employment for people. And again, it's... Uh, it's quite hard for people back in, in, in the developed countries, if you like, to, to understand that when you employ one person, it's not, you're not just looking after that one person or that person's family, but probably five or six families be, beyond that. So it's, it's quite a significant investment. But that's not really just, that's not enough. Um, what we have to show is that, you know, we have the, the, the Northern Tuli Game Reserve, Majata Game Reserve operates within that. We have to show to the, the local communities in our area that it's a benefit to them. 
not just in employment. So, um, and they've got to be proud of what we're doing. They've got to buy into it. You know, people have to be at the centre. Communities have to be at the centre of conservation. If they're not, they'll destroy it because they shoot the wild animals. You know, if a lion gets out and is is worrying their cattle, they will shoot it. What we would want them to do is to say, "There's a lion out, get it back into the reserve." So we we protect our asset and and they protect their cattle. Cattle, and we need to work together far greater. So our outreach programme is designed one to to help communities to empower them to, 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 for a better life, but also to educate them um, in, the, in the sense of how, what the, are the benefits of wildlife and, and protecting the habitat. And not to tell them what to do, but work with them to, to make it happen. So how can I explain that in a better way? Um, farmers naturally, they, 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 they keep expanding. But if we can get them to graze their cattle in, a, in, in, in a, a much more efficient way, if we can get them to grow crops in a better way, rotate crops, if we can get those crops and those cattle and everything else to market better for them so they make a better return on their money, yes, you know, we're helping them to, 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 to make their living and a better living. That means they don't need them to maybe chop down trees extend their, their, their land or come into the into, into into the reserves and poach so all those sort of things work together again you use a great phrase and it all, they all link together and that's what we need to do we need to go out into the into the communities in the same way as we always do with business find out what you what, what your clients want what the communities want and, and then look at how we can provide it for them help them with it and and and, and, and get them to see the benefit of, of working with us and being part of us. So, you know, at the end of the day, I want uh, everybody in the communities around uh, the Northern Tuli Game Reserve and Mashatu to just be proud of what we're doing, value what we're doing, and, uh, you know, support us really. Clearly, you've understood that dynamic. Often, uh, people from outside, uh, the, the accusations leveled that they come in, they, they try to take over and change things. But it's, I know you and your wife, Maggie, you've, you've sat there, you've listened, you've spoken to people, and you understand this community. It's not a quick fix, is it? No, no. Um, and, um, and why should we be so arrogant to think we can tell people what to do? I mean, they've lived here. This is their country. Um, it's their way of life. It's their traditions. Um, why are we, you know, who are we to tell them to change all that? And we don't want to, ch- but we come here because we, we're fascinated by all of these things. Um, but what we can do is we can we can help them continue those. We can help them to maintain a better standard of, of living, give a better educational program if we can. You know, or, or we can use our knowledge and our experience to help them if they want to be helped. And that's the thing. In, in a sense, we need them asking us what they, what you know, for help rather than us sort of trying to thrust it upon them. If I can just wrap up by just talking a little about yourself. I mean, obviously you're somebody I've known for a while in terms of your figurehead at my football club, but you've, I've always admired the way you've, you've gone about business, the way you've communicated with us as customers or the supporters of the team. This is clearly a passion project you've invested in here. <laughs> Does this link in with your mantra, growing your business acumen, I mean, the, your, your career? Is this something, do you have to believe in it? Do, is it something you're good at? I mean, what what has ge- generally been your mantra in your successful business career? Yeah, well, I think I leave other people to decide whether I've been successful <laughs> or not. Um, you know, business-wise, I feel I've been, you know, successful. I've, I've certainly uh, benefited from it financially. Um, but, uh, you know, if I, if I go back over, over my life, and what do I think are, are, are 
I don't know why I do I'm like this but I don't give up on things I keep working at it and I like to think I'm right but I'm not always right and I, I listen and, and I will, will adapt um, but if, if I look at it I mean I had a great, I've had a great career in finance in the finance industry with Hargreaves Lansdowne that's where I made my money um, more money than I ever imagined I would so it's, it's been fantastic so that was like if you like the first 20 years or so of adult life the second 20 years I got involved in sport and uh, again I haven't had quite the success I would like to feel in that but it's we've created you know in Bristol as you know a brand new stadium mm. a, a, a modern stadium training facilities and that community spirit that goes with it and I feel that's been a good investment none, none of those have I mean I've retired from Hargis Lansdowne I'm going to have to hand over the football club to somebody in the future. But this is my, if my, my swan song, if you like, with here, because this is a passion for me, and I feel for the, for, 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 for the remainder of my time, I want to make sure, as much as I possibly can, I can help where, where I'm, I'm based, which is in Botswana and in Mozambique, to make life better for people, to, 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 see, to leave a legacy, if you like, in those areas. I don't like that expression, actually, but if, if, if when I'm no longer around and people look back and say, you know, he helped us, you know. He, he, you know, he, 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 he put his money where his mouth was, you know, and 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 uh, and and uh, uh, made a difference. Because that's what you do. If, in in a way, you know, why do I get into business? Why do I get into into sport? Why am I got into conservation? It's because I think I can make a difference, and I, and I work hard to try and make a difference. What I do, whether I do or not, will be judged by other people. Well, I certainly, uh, I certainly think you have made a difference, and uh, I really appreciate you coming down and, and visiting us. And uh, I look forward to an ongoing association. And uh, one day you will get our football club into the Premier League, and we'll, we'll all be celebrating. Thanks for your time, Steve. Okay, thank you, Dean. That was Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. For more podcasts, visit algoafm.co.za.